Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. Hi, I'm Amy, general contractor. And I'm Alicia, homeowner, and we're talking home Home repair. repair. Today we have a very special guest. Amy, who do we have in the studio today? We have Barb Oliver of Sound Foundations Northwest, and they are responsible for uh, tiny houses, building lots and lots of tiny houses in a place called the Hope Factory. Thank you, Barb, for coming and uh, gracing us with your presence. This is going to be fun. I got to tour the Hope Factory last week, and oh my goodness, it is just amazing. Thanks. So give us a little background. Tell Tell us about yourself. Tell us about what you're doing over there. Sound Foundations Northwest builds transitional tiny homes for the homeless. Uh, we just built today our 217th home. Congratulations. That's Thanks. awesome. Yeah, That's it's very cool. And when did you start doing this? Uh, we started in March of 2018. Uh, there was a small group of us from a church that raised enough money to build seven homes at a tiny home village called Camp Second Chance, which is a clean and sober camp mm-hmm. uh, nestled in between Burien and White Center. And so we build those seven boards on the ground, one a month, whether we needed it or not. And (laughs) after we built the seventh home, we looked out and there were 30 more people in tents out there. And we said, we can't leave them out there. Mm -hmm. We got to do something. Maybe we should just build one more. Well, how about another one? Well, how about another one? So we're on now. 217 (laughs) and keep on going. You've uh, built a little bit of a habit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly right. Uh, I started as a volunteer. I had no experience whatsoever. And uh, I was like, I'm going to do good one day a month, whether I need it or not. You know, I'm going to do good. And so that one day became every Saturday and every Saturday turned in and morphed and um, then COVID hit, and the gentleman that founded the build system that we use now, a guy by the name of Tomas Bernanke, uh, decided to go on to other things, and he said, can I mentor you? And I went, oh, heck yes. Oh, wow. Well, I didn't use heck, but, you know, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then COVID hit, and when COVID hit, I owned a, a digital marketing company, so I did websites and social media and uh, photography, videography, that sort of thing. And my business went south in COVID, but uh, fortunately there was a thing called a PPP loan. And so that sustained me. And so for the next six months, I built homes six days a week for no money. And where did you do that? Uh, at Kips Next Chance, yeah. Okay. And then we started talking to Lehigh, which is Lehigh is the Low Income Housing Institute. And they are responsible for setting up the village part of the tiny home villages. Um, they um, acquire the land and they do all of the community buildings like the kitchens and the bathrooms and the community meeting spaces, pantry, things like that. And they said, uh, we know you build them well. Can you build them faster? Because we learned very quickly that people that live in their own dwelling spaces were less likely to get COVID than those people that are in group settings like shelters. And so we, they said, what do you need? And we said, we need a whole lot bigger space. And so we went from uh, 3,000 square feet to 15,000 square feet. And we took our build system, which is a jig system, which we'll talk about in a little bit. And we uh, reconfigured it to assembly line style. 
when we were building at Camp Second Chance, we were building two homes every three weeks. Now we're building two homes every three days. Wow. And so how did you acquire that bigger space, or was that Lehigh doing that? Lehigh did that for us, yes. Okay, great. The, the agreement is, we'll pay for your space, and you build them for us. Wow. And we went, that'll work. Are the materials donated, or are those purchased? No, they're purchased. Purchased? Yeah. Okay. We, we are now purchasing 10 homes at a time, so we employ economies of scale, and we have... We have a great community partner in Lowe's. I'm gonna I'm gonna plug them a lot great, because yeah. they're an amazing, amazing group, and they give us deep dis- discounts on. Oh, the, do they? Oh, that's the great. Uh, when we first moved in, they gave us about twenty five thousand dollars worth of tools and supplies and things wow. like that. And before we build our first home assembly line style, they said, "When you go national, we're coming with you." Oh, that's so, so they, great. They made the commitment early on, and they've been great, great partners ever since. That's great. And so are are you only in King County in Seattle right now? Yeah, the Tiny Home Village program that Lehigh runs, the farthest south it goes is Olympia. There's one in Olympia. Okay. There's two in Tacoma, one on Puyallup Tribal Land, and one north in Bellingham, and all the rest are in Seattle. There's uh, 16 Tiny Home Villages altogether. And Sound Foundations is only one builder out of a 50. number that, that uh, Lehigh is using, right? That's correct. But your volume is probably higher than everybody else's, I would imagine, considering your 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 system that you've got. That's correct. We're we're one of fifty builders. Uh, the other builders are like uh, high school vocational programs okay. and uh, Cedar Creek Correctional Facility and the Winman's Prison in Purdy runs a program. And there's a lot of different. Some guy building in his backyard. You know, a lot of different people do that. Uh, but nobody's building on the jig system like we are in assembly line system. So. Uh, the last village that we were at, uh, that we put together, South End Village, uh, there's 40 tiny homes there, and we built 35 of the 40. Wow. Wow. That's great. That's and so great. how many permanent workers do you have, or, or is is it 100% volunteer? <laughs> <laughs> She's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> see? See? how That's how it works, right? <laughs> uh, I'm I'm full-time, and then we have one part-time uh, gentleman that is a professional painter that helps us paint, and everybody else is volunteers. Wow. So we have literally thousands of volunteers that work And so us. you're coordinating all those people? Mm-hmm, in my spare time. <laughs> Between <Wow>. building <laughs> three and homes. There's only, and there's only one day a week that you don't build, right? Yes, we, we're not there on Fridays. Wow. Well, slacking off, really? There's no, a, I, I do other things. There's a situation, ma'am. <laughs> There could be four houses in two weeks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's well, that amazing. has been suggested, but no, I need a day off. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. I, I thought this jig system was amazing. And and have you patented it yet? Or we have not. No. Um, are, are there plans to? Because it is just. I, I mean, you've got it right. You've got a system. You've and and you've got. She's got IKEA instructions. Yeah, I saw and, that. That right. was amazing. And and right, written in English. And then and then pictures, right, side yeah. by side. So if you can't figure it out by reading it, then then you can. Well, like even the shape of it. Like here's the top plate, and then you put it there. And it just, yeah, I thought it was amazing. It is just. Exactly. It, I was. I just like. Oh my! I want to. I want to work here. Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> right. So want to work here. So tell us about it. This jig system and how it. Because you explained it really, really well when we came in, and it's like, okay, here's the lumber. Right. So. About seven out of every 10 people that volunteer with us for the first time have absolutely no construction experience. I believe that. And so we have to keep it really simple. And so the jigs are basically overgrown templates. Tamaz, like I said, 
uh, designed the jig system, and he said, I'll build these things so you don't have to bend over and build. And we're like, oh, we're all old, and we don't want to bend over. So we <laughs> said, okay, we'll do that. It's it's just an easy way. Uh, we have two sets of volunteers. We have team leaders, which uh, have on green name tags, and these are people with experience in the heart of a teacher. And we also have crew members that may or may not have experience. So on every jig, there is a team leader and maybe one or two crew members. And so the team leader kind of walks them through the instructions and said, okay, take this board and put it here and take this and nail here and nail here. And pretty soon they look up after about an hour and they go, wow, it's a wall. <laughs> and that's really how, it, and we do it wall by wall. And then uh, that's usually from, you know, 930 to noon. And then we take a, a lunch break, come back. And then in a couple hours, we uh, tilt up the walls, which is like an old fashioned barn raising, a side wall, a front wall move it forward down the assembly line, a side wall and a back wall. Uh, and then we put on the roof. We have uh, jigs for what we call structural triangles, which is the uh, structure for the front and the back, and jigs for half-roof assemblies, which is the roof rafters for side to side. So we literally raise the roof. Uh, all of our crew members learn about funky boards. Uh, funky boards are boards that help us do other things. And <laughs> in this case, it helps them push it up on the roof and um, before they know it, they look and they go, wow, I really made a difference today. So that's really, that's amazing. really is that simple. It's pretty cool that, that you can even, you've done it so much now that you can you almost time it, right? You know that you're going to start at the set of volunteers at nine o'clock in the morning. And by noon, you should be about here because yes. that's when we came in. It was one o'clock, one, mm -hmm. one something or another. And all of the walls were up or they were doing the one last wall, I believe, and then putting up the roof. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just, it was absolutely incredible. It was just incredible. Um, and, that, and that's what I find amazing. I mean, how many, what's the percentage of people you said probably don't have any experience or even just haven't done your system before with any particular day? About seven out of 10 of everybody on the first time have had zero construction. And so experience. even with that, you can consistently know what you're going to accomplish. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that that to me, I think, is a crazy testament. And we are that good. <laughs> well, do you, do you think you're, um, you know, it's it's out of necessity right now? How efficient do you feel it is? It's it's a balance. Our motto is building tiny homes and building community, and building community is just as important to us as building the tiny homes. Yeah. So if it takes a little bit longer, and and we get it up at you know three o'clock instead of two thirty. Okay, that's okay because mm -hmm. it's all about the experience that the people have. A lot of people when they first come in, I always ask them what brought you here, yeah. and a lot of times they'll say, "I'm so frustrated out there. I see all these homeless people, and I want to do something, but I don't know what to do." And so we always say, "Well, you've come to the right place mm -hmm. because when you build a tiny home and you get one person off the ground, and they become warm and safe." and dry, you're a part of the solution. Yep. And yep. every person that volunteers with us, and like I said, there's hundreds and hundreds that volunteer, uh, usually uh, 20 to 25 every day, six days a week. Uh, and we do group builds, which are uh, Eagle Scout troops and um, churches mm. and nine rotary clubs and all sorts <laughs> of... And, and we're booked through like 1st of August. Really? Really. Wow, that's fantastic. Because people want to come. Yeah. And if you can also come and volunteer individually. You go on our website, which is soundfoundationsnw.org. 
sign up for the newsletter. Every Thursday, the newsletter comes out, and at the bottom of of the newsletter is a link to Sign Up Genius, and you sign up, and usually when it goes out on Thursday night, it's usually full by Friday at noon. That's for the all the coming week. For all, yeah, for yeah. the coming week for the individual volunteers. To come I'm going to do it, Lucy. You going with me? I would totally dig oh, that. Yeah. yeah, I would love that. Oh, it's a party six days a week. Oh, yeah. so <laughs> be, oh, we'd have so much fun. I can't even stand it. I I wake up excited every single day wow. to go to work. Oh, that's awesome! That's amazing. That amazing is just experience. so great. That's, that's so amazing. Great. Do people need to bring tools, or no. what do you want them to bring? No, we have all the tools. Uh, they bring uh, work gloves. They bring a willing heart, mm-hmm. and we we supply the tools and ear protection and eye protection and all that. Safety is really important. It's one of our four pillars, and so we teach everybody safety. And uh, you know they're using sixteen penny framing nail guns, and wow, we have one woman. We just had Sunday. We had. Uh, we call them the Young at Heart Club. So <laughs> it was the oldest person was 86, and she was hell on wheels with a framing nail gun. She would walk around. What can I nail next? <laughs> so cool. Uh, what else can I hammer? Exactly. I nail but uh, on Sunday, we had a woman who is 90 years old, oh, and she awesome. brought, she married older. She brought her 96-year-old husband with her. <laughs> oh, my God. And we... Jerry and I spent the day uh, building structural triangles and just had a heck of a good time. Wow. That's great. Yeah, because you don't have to bend down or anything, no. right? Because I've got a, everything is at, you know, waist height, tables and everything for the jigs. And, and so there's no bending down. There's no climbing on the roof to put the roofing material on. That's right? They've nuts. got this platform that just wheels up next to it, and you just kind of lean over a little bit, and you can hit the peak, or you can touch the peak of the roof. Why don't you all, like, build regular <laughs> houses like that? And Right? right. What, that would be... Templates and everything. That's awesome. That would be that would be amazing, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I'm in the wrong business. No, I'm not. I'm definitely not. <laughs> we can just scale it up a little bit, <laughs> right? Right. We can start doing family tiny houses. Yeah. So we can, you know, get dad dues, man. Three, three yeah. people in there. Yeah. yeah. Get we little, are at, at this point. We are a quarter of an inch under code. Wink, wink. Okay. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. On purpose. And so, um, do you run electrical? I understand that there's the bathrooms are in another building and the kitchens are in another building, but do they have electricity? Yes. Once once the uh, homes get into the tiny home villages, then um, Seattle City Light comes out and they drill a hole and they put in a four-pronged outlet, a light switch, and an overhead light. Oh, wow. And then Lehigh provides the space heaters because it's only 96 square feet. It's eight, you know, eight by 12. Right. Uh, and they provide a space heater in the wintertime and a fan in the summertime. So last December when it was like really, really, really cold, I was in one of the tiny homes painting uh, with the door shut and a space heater in my shirt sleeves painting. So they're toasty. Wow. And what size did you say they were? Nine by 12? Eight by 12. Eight by 12. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of space. That's awesome. Yeah. Especially when you're on the street. Yeah. You know, they look Mm -hmm. at it. It's like, that's the Taj Mahal if you're on the street. Especially if it's dry, warm. Safe, safe, right? You can lock the door. Yeah, you can lock the door. Oh, okay. absolutely. Yeah, yes. they, have, they get keys to it. It's their, it's their home, right? Yeah. And what's the length? Do you know the length of time that average? Because I know it's dependent on a lot of things. But how long might they be there? Yeah, the average length of stay is 114 days. Yeah. So every tiny home transitions about three people every year, and we build them to last 20 years. So in the lifetime of a home, that's 60 people that that's we get great. off the ground. Yeah. And so, yeah, homelessness is a big problem with a lot of solutions, okay? Yeah. The first best solution is to get them off the ground because 
when they're on the ground, they're traumatized. They live in fear 24-7. There's nowhere to go to the bathroom or take a shower or wash your clothes or even be human. Mm -hmm. And people look at homeless people, and a lot of people don't look at homeless people. And so when people don't look at you a lot, then you feel like less than less than human. You know, I spent 18 months building at Camp Second Chance, and a lot of the residents are good friends of mine. And mm. I could tell you story after story about, you know, uh, my friend Larry, for example, when he first moved into his tiny home, he laid in bed, and it was January, and I hear it rains a little bit in Seattle in January, right? <laughs> So he laid in, in his bed for four days and he listened to the rain. And it was the first time in 12 years he heard the rain and was not wet. That was an wow. amazing story. I invite yeah. everybody to go to your soundfoundationsnorthwest.org. You wrote eloquently about the domino effect. And you told Larry's story, but the domino effect, starting with just even, uh, so you get warm and dry, but then that next piece is that you don't trust anyone. And how that trust is built and how having a, a safe, dry, warm place is paramount in that process starting. Absolutely. You know, when, you're, when you and your stuff can be safe, you know, that's an amazing effect. Right. And the Lehigh model is to use what's called peer navigation, which is to get the support of your friends, and also case management. And that case management is a really important part because if somebody moves into a tiny home and then the first thing the case manager says to them is, do you have any form of ID? No, I lost it in the sweeps. Happens all the time. Right. So if you don't have any ID, once you get an ID and you have an address because you're in the tiny home village, then you can get things like um, SSI, Social Security, unemployment. Mm -hmm. And then you're talking to everybody in the village and this one gets a job and this one goes back to school. And then all of a sudden you start thinking, well, maybe I can do that. And then that person yeah. goes into the case manager, knock, 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 knock on the door. And every case manager I've ever talked to is when they hear that knock, they know what's coming. And they say, I want a job just like Jerry. I want to go to school just <laughs> like Jaja, you know. And that's how it works. Um, nationwide, the transition rate from being on the ground into permanent housing is about low teens, depending on the city, 10 to 12 percent. The Lehigh model is 56%. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. And uh, just recently, uh, there was a delegation that came up from Orange County, California, uh, which has the largest homeless population in the United States. And they came up at toured Lehigh's facilities and looked at the Tiny Home Village program and said, you know, we want to know how you're doing it because you're doing it better than anybody else. And that's what's mm -hmm. happening in Seattle. We are, I mean, this is ground zero for a lot of really innovative stuff to, uh, to prevent homelessness. I was talking to a friend of mine this weekend who who is a, a therapist at Harborview, and a lot of her patients are, you know, homeless. And she was talking about, you know, how they're provided the subsidized apartments and things like that. But they don't even feel safe enough to go outside their door because they're they're just costed right right as soon as they number right, of reasons, as soon as they walk yeah. outside their door. So because I was telling her about the tour that I had that I had done, and she, and that's one thing that really bothers her a lot is they. They have nothing. They have nobody. They don't feel safe, and then they start preying on each other because mm -hmm. because that's just how they're surviving, and it's just so sad. And it's so good to see that we have something that will hopefully replace this. Right. You know, there's a lot of different solutions for homelessness. One of it is hotels, uh, and that's yeah. good for some people. 
I personally prefer the tiny home village program for the simple fact that when somebody goes outside of their door in a tiny home village, they go out in a village that is surrounded by a six-foot wood stockade fence. And we always thought that, you know what a NIMBY is, right? Not my backyard. Yeah. We always thought that the fence was so that the NIMBYs wouldn't have to see them. But really the fence is for the people inside to be safe. So they can mm-hmm. go outside of their door and they can wander around and they can be in community with people that are in with a like and shared experience and they can go to the showers and they can go to the to the uh, kitchen and they can do uh, just over at South End Village on su- Sunday and they're out there playing dominoes. Okay? Mm-hmm. You, awesome. you do what people do normally. Mm-hmm. In the tiny home villages, it's a transitional program and there's a physical transition that happens from being on the ground to being in a tiny home to being in permanent housing. But there's also a transition that has to happen in the head and the heart from being scared Mm. on the ground to being safe in a tiny home village to being thriving in in permanent housing. And if if that head and the heart transition doesn't happen, you can put a homeless person in a $5 million home on Mercer Island, and at some point Mm. they will be homeless again. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like people that win the lottery that aren't used to having money, statistically lose all their money. It's the same principle. And so what the villages do is it provides them warm and safe and dry, but it also teaches them community and how to reacclimate themselves back into the the community at large to the world and and how that all happens. Um, Tiny home villages are all self-governed. Some tiny home villages like Camp Second Chance are clean and sober. Some tiny home villages, there's, there's one in particular where most of the hardcore drug addicts and alcoholics go, and that is right next to a fire station. And those firefighters are trained specifically on drug and alcohol addiction, and, and they are mentors to those residents. And sometimes when they're not fighting fires and, you know, shining objects and things like <laughs> firefighters do... <laughs> they go next door and you hear knock, knock, knock. Hey, Bill, I haven't seen you in a couple of days. Come on, let's go play cards. Let's watch a movie together. Let's go throw a football around. They're really that involved. It's, they are angels. They are amazing. Huh. That's um, amazing. Statistically, seven out of every 10 people who are alcoholics and drug abusers and are homeless were not alcoholics and drug abusers when they became homeless. Really? Really? Well, and, if I was homeless, I would definitely self-medicate. Yeah. Right. I would be looking be for the, on some weed. Right. I, I need some, some whiskey or I need yeah. something to make this more endurable, right? Well, yeah. Totally understandable, right. but the perception is, the perception is, is that that drives you Yeah, it's kind of like the other way around. Right. So. right. It's like you're, you're, yeah, you're exactly. an alcoholic or you're a drug addict and that's what's made you homeless. Well, now yeah. you're right. spiraling. Right. Right. And the Lehigh program does case management while they're in the tiny home village. And then if they need alcohol and drug uh, abuse programs, that will follow them into the permanent housing. So it follows them until they're oh, nice. Until they're in full recovery. So is it Lehigh itself that does the, the case management? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. And so the caseworker office, it's there yes, on there site? Are, there are three people employed by Lehigh on every village. A site supervisor, which is like the mayor of the village, an assistant site supervisor, mm-hmm. and a case manager. And one of those three is always on site 24-7. And are any of those three positions residents? Um, yes, and a lot of the site supervisors are former residents. So they either live on site or they, they have moved on to permanent housing and then they're coming back. But they knew that how they it- have They have had that lived experience. Most all of them do. Yeah, and Lehigh's really good about yeah. hiring people that are used to 
cream rises to the top. So you're always going to have some people in a self-governance that are going to be the natural leaders. And those are usually the ones that go on to become the site supervisors. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. If, uh, let's say, church had a huge parking lot, would this be a better option than like tent cities? Funny you should mention that. (laughs) (laughs) Did you read my notes? I got to tell you about this. I'm so excited about this. Uh, The next tiny home village is already funded, both with the tiny homes and with the uh, setting up of the village. And that is in Tequila at Riverton Park United Methodist Church. And my friend, Pastor Reverend Jan Polajak, is the pastor there. And she's they're also in charge of the Tequila Pantry. So mm. before COVID, they served about 200 people. Now they're serving over 1,000 every day. And in the grassy area off to the parking lot, they have about a dozen tents. And those people have lived there for up, upwards to six years. So wow. they go in and they volunteer their time into the pantry. And then they go home into the tents. What's wrong with this picture? Hmm. Well, guess yeah, what? Yeah. We're going to give them 20 homes. Oh, wow. And wow. they are thrilled. I just I got an email from from Jan the other day. They're going to they're going to bring the people that are going to be living in the homes into the Hope Factory for a tour. And she said oh, they're already nice. planning the interior decorating of their homes. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> wow. So, it's just it's thrilling. Uh, Pastor Jan and I had a conversation about 5 years ago. We sat down at Starbucks for a cup of coffee. And we said, well, how are we going to end homelessness? And I said, well, I'm going to keep building homes. And I said, you want to build homes? She said, no, I'd rather feed them. And oh, that's just mm-hmm. how it happened. Mm-hmm. And now now the two worlds yeah. are, are coming together. Uh, Tequila City Council, God love them, voted 7 to 1 in favor of tiny homes. They were total NIMBYs before it started. And then the next tiny home after uh, Riverton Park will be again in a church parking lot in Tequila. So there will be two in Tequila. And then a third one is already funded. They're still looking for locations in King County for that. The biggest problem for Lehigh has always been land. And if, if somebody yeah. steps forward and says, uh, like South End Village, it was a church property. And um, Skyway in Renton it was a church property. Skyway, they were going to build a church, and they uh, postponed building the church so that they could put a tiny home village on that land. Wow, that's great. So that's, that's, that's dedication. Great. Yeah. yeah. So is, are you getting any property from uh, Seattle Seattle Housing Authority or anything like that? Some of their vacant uh, lots that they Lehigh. have? That's Lehigh. I just, oh, okay. They don't let me out of the Hope Factory. Oh, I see. You know, okay. I'm gotta stuck keep, there. Got to keep producing. Gotta keep build producing. some more. Build some more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what does Sound Foundations Northwest need in order to keep this going, to keep it growing? Conversationally, we call it butts and bucks. Okay. <laughs> so we need people to build and we need money. Um To date, we have received zero funds from the federal government, zero from the state of Washington, zero from King County, and zero from Seattle. Why? That's crazy. That's a good question. Uh, Seattle City Council last September voted $200,000 for us. We still have not received the money. It's stuck in RHA, the Regional Homeless Authority, uh, and it's stuck in red tape. $200,000 builds a village, builds 40 homes. So, you know, there's you hear all this, you know, COVID relief and millions and millions and millions of dollars. So if anybody's working in city government that can, you know, stop that blockage and where we can get some funds, we're going to keep building. There are now currently about 750 tiny homes. There is, at best guess, 15,000 homeless people. Oh, and my. Sound Foundations Northwest, we have made a commitment to King County 
commitment to the city of Seattle that as long as one homeless person is on the streets, we will keep building. So as long as we got a dollar and a person to build it, we're going to keep on building. And so Lehigh is a state... No, Lehigh is a 501c3 organization. They've been around over 30 years. Uh, they've, they built, their, their main function in life is to build permanent low-income housing. And so they've been mm-hmm. mostly apartment complexes. And so they've gotten uh, over 4,000 people off the streets and into low-income housing, and they do that very well. And what they found about five years ago was that it takes about two to four years to build an apartment complex where we can mm. build four tiny homes in a week. So right. this is a transitional, this is a temporary thing to get them off the streets and get them, you know, dry and safe and warm and all that until we can get them into permanent housing. So that's, that's, that's really the model. Uh, one of the other things that we do, too, is we have a very unique build system, and our build system is open source for any municipality or nonprofit that wants it. So mm. uh, okay, you gotta you gotta explain that to me because I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so <laughs> well, back to what you were saying, it's not patented. Uh, oh, okay. So uh, we have in in our zip file uh, architectural drawings for the jigs and cut lists and materials lists and how to manuals and all of that stuff. And anybody that wants it, as long as they're a nonprofit or a municipality, all they have to do is ask, and we send them the zip file. So we just uh, signed up Little Rock, Arkansas. It's our 23rd city. Wow, that's awesome. And so we want to end homelessness in Seattle, of course. Mm -hmm. But we also want to end homelessness, period. And we have you don't have to reinvent the wheel with us. We just send you the stuff, and you can build Mm -hmm. uh, tiny little port towns. And Well, not tiny, but tiny compared to Seattle. (laughs) uh, Built their second tiny home village, and they've gotten about a fourth of their homeless people off the the streets in two years. Well, and yeah. they're doing it. And See, now I'm thinking you should charge for those, and then, then this, you're, you're funding your project just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I'm just talking yeah, like $1,000 yeah. or so, you know. That's the business person in me. It's, <laughs> it's blessings. Yeah, that's and true. It's abundance, and that all happens. How do we get that money to you? I'm looking at your website. I don't see a big Uh-oh. donate button. Where's yeah, your donate on button? on the homepage on the top right-hand corner where it says Sponsor a Home. Go to welcome. Click on that. How? Oh, yeah, that, that thing. thing. We need okay. to make it bigger. We need to I make do it the colorful. website in my spare time. I'll make it colorful <laughs> for you. <laughs> so soundfoundationsnw.org. There's a big old house button. Click on it. And Click under the where, how can I help, there's a place where you can donate. And we have a home there, and it says, okay, homes are $4,200. We have a unique situation where Lehigh donates all the space that we're in, and they pay my salary. And so 100% of every dollar that's donated to us goes right back into the homes. We have zero administrative costs. Oh, wow. So if you donate $100, you know that $100 is going into the next home. That's That's amazing. Yeah, lean and mean. That's how we roll. $345 buys a roof. $300 buys the insulation. $215 buys two windows. $135 $135 buys the flooring, $665 buys the lumber for the frame, $460 buys the interior paneling, and $185 buys a five-gallon bucket of paint. I love how you have that itemized out there. Yeah. Just like it. And we have people that write us checks for $105 and say, here, get another bucket of paint. <laughs> okay. Wow. We have people, you know, we have like the Gates Foundation gives a lot and yeah. Uh, Amazon Web Services has donated an entire village. They've been phenomenal. Um, 
This is Lowe's 100th birthday, and they have a program called 100 Hometowns, and they donated an entire village as a part of the 100 Hometowns program. And so we have the major donors, but we also have little Clara that sends us a check for $800 month after month after month, whether we need it or not. And it all goes into the same pot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it all... It all gets built, <laughs> you know. Okay, I have I have figured out my next business venture. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a city where you haven't sold those plans yet, and I'm gonna I'm gonna oh not sold but given. I'm gonna get those plans and I'm moving. Yeah. And I'm getting a warehouse and I'm setting up those jigs. I'm gonna start building tiny houses. Okay. That's what the, I'm gonna do? This is being recorded, right? Kayla, right? Kayla's got Amy works. Yeah. I'm going off to do this. Now, careful what you ask for. I was going to say, oh, it'd be amazing. <laughs> it would be so fun. Get your fundraising plan. Oh, you can't sell them. You got to help me with that. Okay. <laughs> that's that's where you're going to help me. You know what? I'm, yeah. I'm in my spare time, I do the fundraising too. Uh, <laughs> but I've never once asked for a dollar. I bet it pretty much does its own yeah. thing, right? We, you're not we like, walk yeah. people around and do the tour, and we say this is what it is, and this is how much it costs, and we don't get any money from the government, and you know. You and find then, the oldest, largest established church in the town, and you go there. Biggest piece say, of property. This is, well, yeah, for that and yeah. for, yeah. we need volunteers to build this. You yeah. guys want to help? Yeah. Well, I, just, I also love the model of going to groups that already exist. Yeah. Rotary club. As a club. team building exercise, even. Right, yeah. High yeah. schools. I mean, this yeah. is just. Even corporate. Yeah. Selling constructions, good ex- example. They come in, they bring their corporate people. I want to do it workers. with Amy Works. Iron workers come in and they do it with the labor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rotary every third Sunday does the Rotary Day, and they have you know people from all clubs come in. And wow, that's amazing! Know, I get to meet the coolest people. I bet. And you let do. me tell you something: we have the best volunteers of any people I have ever met in my life, and I've done a lot of volunteering. They have the hugest, biggest hearts. Hmm. Because they really care about what they're doing. They right. really want to make a difference. We have volunteers, a lot of re- retired people during the week. Mm-hmm. And, they, you know, Amy's here every Monday and Carol's here every Wednesday. And, you know, certain people are here every Tuesday and Thursday. And uh, they get to know each other and it becomes a community and friendships are formed. And in the meantime, 217, 218, 219. That's great. <laughs> And away we it's go. It's just win, 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 win. It is. It is. It wonderful. is the Hope Factory for a reason. We have a lot of people that have suffered losses, especially during COVID, of loved ones, mm-hmm. where they come in and they do something positive to to get through the grief. And yeah. so they they it's part of their grieving process mm-hmm. personally. And so I I know a lot of backstories on a lot of people. We had one lady came in. I always ask, you know, what brought you in here? She said, well. I'm I'm being evicted in two weeks, and I'm moving into a tiny home, and I thought I'd come and build one just to see what they look like. Oh, wow. And you would have never known her to look at her because mm-hmm. wow. we're all dressed. I don't know if you can see me or not, but I got a little <laughs> bit of pain on my pants and a little or just pretty much grubby worker. Ready to build. Ready to build. So I encourage everyone listening to go to Sound Foundations Northwest, that's a NW.org, to learn more about it. Uh, read some of the things that's been written, and before you leave, give them lots of money or whatever you can give. It's a, a really powerful program, Butts showing great success. 
And if you want to get your uh, hands involved, you can find out also on that website. Absolutely. How to get involved, how to sign up for uh, a building project. And, you know, they're also just cute. They are. I love the paints that you guys pick. Yeah. It's it's, uh, wonderful colors, and they're kind of these lovely, eclectic things. And I tell you my favorite thing about them, the awnings and the deck. You know, when you talk about that normalcy. It can still be raining and you can stand out on your deck for a second because of that awning there. I just think they're just lovely. Do you take donations other than money? Uh, some. Some. Such as? Two by fours. Okay. Because you've, you've got that system down. 24-inch so. insulation. Yeah. Great stuff. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Good to know. Um, I've got a whole container full of that kind of stuff. Yeah. We that, don't, we're, we're, we've standardized our paint colors. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, to this point, but the the other cool thing that we started just last week is we we switched over to a different waste management system. So now one hundred percent of all of our waste is all recyclable. Nice. Anything else you want to plug besides thanks to Lowe's, thanks to Lehigh? Just come and experience it. Uh, you learn you learn so much about yourself and other people, and you know we used to think. Uh, I used to think, well, I'm going to go to help the quote-unquote less fortunate. Mm -hmm. And my experience has been that some of the most positive, fortunate people that I have ever met are residents of those tiny homes. Mm -hmm. So when you look at somebody, don't pity them. They're in a situation that they're by the grace of God go I. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people are one or two paychecks away from being homeless? Right. Especially with COVID, with eviction relief going away and rent relief going away, you know, we just wanna we wanna keep people with a roof over their head. The most important thing is housing, and everybody deserves to have a home. Thank you so much, Barb. It was great to have you on. Really appreciate it. Again, SoundFoundationsNorthwest.org, and uh, Alicia and I are gonna go volunteer. Yeah, we'll see you soon. I hope so. <laughs> I'll save a hammer for you. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Alicia. This podcast is sponsored by Amy Works, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.